Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Kirk and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. And Bruins writer Matt Calvin. We need this win. You know, we got a lot of losses. To yeah, we got a lot of losses. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market. Lace them up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. To the puck. Now he's going to try and freeze it against the boards, and the Maple Leafs have done it. They hang on for a 4-3 victory and force Game 6 on Monday night in Toronto. All right, Maddie. years from now, if the Bruins blow this series, <laughs> it's a big if, I'm not predicting it, but uh, if that's the case, are we going to look back on Game 5 at the Garden last night, and will it be the... The Tuca meltdown game, somehow that seems to be the narrative coming out of this. And, oh, and yeah. not just by fans now. This is yep. the coach throwing one of the bus a little bit last <laughs> night as well. Wouldn't you say? I think the bus, you know, the bus kind of spared him there. I don't think it was throwing him under the bus as much as he, you know, he sings his praises all season long. And when he has one bad game, it's time to throw, it's time to, uh, you know, critique him honestly. Okay, well, maybe I'm just used to Claude. Would Claude have critiqued him honestly after a no, game like that? but Claude stopped being honest like four years ago. So, you know, we never got anything. It would have just been called, it's called coaching. Uh, true, true. Uh, four goals allowed in, in 13 shots speaks for itself. And it was the first time uh, my buddy in the morning, Chris Curtis, texted me this last night as well. First time that uh, Rask had ever been pulled in a playoff game. Yes. That was news to me. You know what? It's uh, it's the first time the Bruins have pulled a goalie in a playoff game, I think. Going back to 95, going, according to Dale. There you go. In the postgame. That, that's definitely it because that's way before my time, so I haven't seen it happen. Which is amazing, actually, <laughs> when you think about it. It seems to be a common move in right. the postseason. There's right. just a game where things get out of hand and it's yeah. more used as a spark than anything. Well, it's especially surprising when you consider how much Tuca sucks, right? I mean, let's face it, he sucks, so, you know, it's all, it has to be his, thro- his fault. Let's throw him under the bus. He's terrible. I'm sure we'll be getting barraged with calls here. We're going to get uh, showered in Tuca hate. I, I actually would like to get some Tuca calls this morning, yeah. just in the sense of how much is he to blame last night. I don't want to you know do the, the entire blame pie as the whole show. It's right. you know cliche topic, but in this game, I do yeah. think it's an interesting discussion because yeah. I, I he was would, bad. He wouldn't. Okay, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was good. You can't say he was good. You give up four goals in thirty. Would you put him anywhere near the top of the reasons they lost this game though last night? Uh, top five, I guess. Top three. Okay, top know. five. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pretty bad. I mean, let's face it. I think the one that got Cassidy really fired up was the Bozak goal. Um, if right there's after. if there's any goal to critique, that's right. the one. And that's definitely a bad one. And, you know, it's like uh, they talk about how they want him to make uh, the big save, bail him out once in a while, and clearly he did that in game four. And he didn't do it in game five, and I think that's the uh, – the thing here, you know, he's not going to bail them out every night, and maybe sometimes they should show up when the puck drops and not get off to these bad starts and not have these defensive breakdowns and be prepared for the fact that the Leafs have Kadri back and they have balanced lines, and they clearly weren't. They didn't know who they wanted to match up against. They let Matthews run wild in that one shift that got led to a goal, and that burned them. But, yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, with Tuka Rask, with, with, the, with the high profile he has and the, the talent he has, 
and the pressure people want to put on him, he should have uh, maybe made a, a death-defying save, a Freddie Anderson-type save, and he didn't. So uh, he gets as much blame as anyone else, I guess. Now, the Bozak goal is the game of the night. I mean, that's yeah. right after Bacchus scores right. on the power play to it's make it 2-1. to one. It is sure. a backbreaker. There's no doubt. I mean, but-, uh, but obviously there were breakdowns there, too. I mean, geez, Charlie McAvoy... I don't know what's happened to him these last couple of games, but especially last night, uh, doesn't look as uh, confident, doesn't look as poised as the uh, the rookie sensation that he was this year. And, uh, you know, it, it, it resonates through the whole lineup because next thing you know, you're, you're leaning on Kevin Miller more, you're leaning on McQuaid more, and uh, it didn't work out. Now, if you're going to blame Rask for the Bozak goal, um, just looking at it honestly, Bozak's four feet away? Yeah. With nobody in front of him. Right. Well, that's that's where it comes in the whole, you know, let's make a point-blank save. Let's make a save like Michael Neuveyer made against Sid Crosby. You know, let's come up with something big. Uh, okay, kinda, let's, you know. Kind of maintain the lead. Hey, I mean, there were obviously other plays that uh, that, that did him in, too. I mean, you know, you look at the uh, – he, he didn't get back on that wraparound before the Brown goal, and Krug had to block that shot. So, you know, he's obviously a little slow. He made a, he did make a couple of nice saves, that one on Nylander earlier in the second. Um was pretty good save to keep them in the game there. Yeah, about but, a minute and a half into the second. Yeah, I mean, they needed they needed something spectacular. It's unfortunate that it came to that, obviously, that they needed something spectacular in this game where you knew Toronto was going to be so desperate and clearly the Bruins didn't take it seriously, didn't really uh, focus and play their game, and they had all the same issues. I mean, they put up the 90-shot attempts, whatever it was, but, uh, you know, early in that game especially, they were being – it was kind of a carryover of game four where they were being outchanced and they were being, you know, d- d- broken down by the uh, by the Leafs. Well, I have no problem if you say Tuca wasn't spectacular. He wasn't Freddie Anderson. Right. You know, in uh, with the amazing save he had on, on Pasternak back in – was it game three? Right. Uh, if you could say he wasn't good, e- even yeah. Rask admitted he wasn't good right. afterwards. So it's not – I mean, I don't want to sit here and – Defend Tuca for sixty minutes, but yeah. I just for you yeah. if you are going to put this game on the goaltender, right? I think I think most coaches would have probably just said, "Oh, we needed to spark the team. We were we were slow. We were sluggish." But exactly I think at four to one, Chris Cassidy can't help himself. He's Mister Honesty, and uh, good for him. Well, here, Eamon, do you have the post game clip? This was our Scott McLaughlin who asked, uh, asked uh, Cassidy why he pulled Rask uh, when he was down four to one last night. Tuca was his play, and how much was to try to shake things up for the other guys? I didn't think he had it tonight. So we went with Anton, who's been very good for us. Um, and then there's always that part that gets the, the the rest of the team's attention as well. So it's both. I, I don't want to measure or quantify what percentage of each, but you know, if you know, clearly, if I thought he was on, then he wouldn't have got pulled. I guess I put it that way. You know, one of the stories of the season for the Bruins was Hudobin coming in in November, of course, when Rask was no question struggling. But for Cassidy to throw that out there so quickly, Tuca didn't have it. Hudobin's been good for us. I put him in there. I mean, that is like... Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe it goes back to that. Maybe it goes back to the way he lit a fire on the Tuca back then, and he wants to make sure that uh, Monday night this guy uh, is ready and sharp. And I think he will be, obviously... It'll be a question of whether the guys in front of him can, you know, do the same, make the same response. But clearly, um, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to play use kid gloves on his goaltender, and that's good. Use, treat him as a player, fire him up, get him focused, and that's that's you know, Bruce always has his hand hand on the pulse of these things. I mean, even in Providence, the little bit I got to cover him down there when I would go down there, he, he was blunt about everyone. You know, you have kids down there, twenty twenty one, first year pro playing defense and, and and struggling, and he's not afraid to say it, and he's not afraid to kind of, you know, use some honesty and some tough love on these guys, and that's uh, that's one of the keys here. Cassidy even started the press conference, we could play it a bit later, saying you want a save or two mixed in. Right. I mean, so he, it, was, exactly. he, it was on the forefront of his mind. Yeah. You tell us, 617-779-7937, how much is Rask to blame for last night's 
loss. The Bruins coming off the 4-2 defeat last night. They still lead the series 3-2. Sunday skate presented by Star Market. Ken Laird and Matt Kalman on Twitter, at Matt Kalman. Nice and easy. With you until 9 o'clock this morning. There were other issues, of course, but just to finish up on Tuca now, I did see these numbers thrown out. In his playoff history, series clinching games. Oh, God. 5-11 and 11, <laughs> right. with a goals against average near 3 and right. a save percentage under 900. Yeah. So Obviously, 2010 kind of skews that, right? I mean, it, no question. But people were going to remember that. Yep, exactly. And, and so after hey. last night, yeah. that plus the coach calling you out a little bit, plus it's going to be for the next two days, you just wonder where Rask mentally will be mm-hmm. going to Air Canada Center Monday night. Yeah, I don't, I don't worry about his mentally. I, I just worry about his play, and I worry about him, you know, if there are breakdowns like there were, if he's able to come up big, we know he has in the past. But uh, that's the thing I would worry about. I don't worry about him mentally. I don't think he ever has a, a mental issue. I think he has, you know, sometimes he gets he gets some physical issues and sometimes he's just not sharp playing-wise, especially when he's playing every other night like they are right now. Not a lot of rest at this point of the season. And uh, that's the only thing I would worry about. I wouldn't worry about mentally. I mean, uh, he's been in this situation so many times. Like you said, 5-11. and 11, I don't think he even knows that. I don't think anyone really knows that. Well, he'll be reminded of it, probably. Yeah, uh, probably. Especially here, when he gets to Toronto. He did speak afterwards, which is something that uh, Austin Matthews did not do after the game four loss. Yeah. I didn't talk to the press. Rass did. His quote was, uh, probably could have stopped more pucks with my eyes closed. It's on me. <laughs> but moving on to the next one. And we'll finish it out in Toronto. Yeah. quote. So basically, a little sly Joe Namath guarantee yeah, well, there. You know, he heard John Tortorella do the same thing, and he's got to, you know, got to follow. Everyone's got to follow Torts's lead, right, on everything. Right. Torts said, "We'll be back here for Game yeah, Seven. He's, he's the trendsetter, right? So, which uh, I guess, I mean, uh, you know, who cares? We, there have been so many predictions now through the course of sports that's probably going to get lost in the shuffle. But if you're the Leafs and you're Mike Babcock, that's yeah. up on a board somewhere, right. whatever role that's going to play in the whole thing. Uh, you talked about the early uh, start to the game. This is what stuns me the most. I really haven't ha- been able to predict this series very well, so maybe I'll just stop doing it. Uh, I thought it was going to be a long series when it started. Then yeah. it was two nothing, and uh, I was yeah, you had it over. I was pretty much done. We were, we're talking about lo- lightning last week, but I did not expect the Bruins to come out as flat as they did yeah. last night. I think maybe you just forgot history. Even in 2013, everyone remembers the great comeback in Game Seven, but they were up three one in that series too. Well, you know what <laughs> was more impactful to me thing. was just the way the. The Leafs got embarrassed yeah. in Game Four. They yeah. seemed lifeless. Well, Matthews nowhere to be found. Didn't speak to the press. Yeah, I would, I would, I would disagree about them being lifeless as a team. I think Matthews and and Nylander were a huge disappointment, and that's why they were going to lose the series. Those guys didn't come alive. Um, but I think you know the, you look at the seventy-seven shot attempts in that game. You know, Tuka clearly stole that one for the Bruins. The way Anderson did Game Five and. The coach made the adjustments. He threw Kadri in there. He didn't just go back to the same lineup, and he leaned on Plakanic a little more with with Marner and, and Marlow. Gave them a good uh, two way line. That's why he's the coach. He is. That's why he's the highest paid coach in the league. And now they have the Bruins have to kind of counter that. You know, even penalty kill. You know, the Bruins had a lot of chances power play, but a lot of the plays that that, you, that worked the first four games did not work last night. By the way, David Pasternak is going to take a one timer from the circle. I'm pretty sure the Leafs got the memo on that one. They got the memo, uh, and that probably should be the number one story of the game. You get, you get six power plays right. in a postseason game, and you score on one of them, including, what, a minute and a half on a two-man advantage? Right. That's that's the story. You lose yeah. by a goal, and you had and six scored power the one plays. On, on, the, on the fluky bounce. I mean, they got two fluky bounces in this game, and that you know kind of tells the story even more is that not only was Anderson great, but the, you wouldn't have even scored more than one goal maybe if uh, it wasn't some, some friendly glass and some friendly net uh, cord there. So... 
uh, they have to bear down. I think early in the game they were too fine. I think we saw a lot of guys shooting for a spot instead of just getting it on Anderson and trying to create rebounds. And then as the game went on, you get desperate. You start just firing, firing away, and a lot of pucks hit shit pads. I mean, what do they have, 23 blocks, something like that? So, I think 22, 23. Yeah, yep. exactly. So um, that's not, uh, that's not the, the formula to score here. Well, on the two-man advantage specifically, mm. uh, they missed the net several times. Right. Bergeron missed the net. Krug missed the net. They went for, like, that perfect pass oh. to Krug at the post. Ridiculous. And Tori Krug, he's, he's hesitating, and I don't know what, what gets into a guy's head like that. I mean, he's shoot-first defenseman, and he's hesitating. He's looking for those passes, looking for that special spot. And there was one time he had a perfect one-timer, and then he took uh, three years to get the shot off, forever. and, of course, they blocked it. Yep. The only good, really great-A chance they had was Martian on the uh, you know on the cross-ice pass. Anderson right. had his pad already there. Yeah. But it was kind of a tough angle. Right. Tough to kill Martian, but that I guess is part of the other story. They they did not finish last night. They didn't finish in game three, right? Uh, with a bunch of chances on a power mm-hmm. play, early third period in that game, and last night they had ninety attempts, the most this season for the team. Yeah, almost seventy percent Corsi edge and five <laughs> on five control. Well, um, when, you're, when you're down three goals, you're going to get that Corsi edge because you're going to shoot from everywhere. True. I mean, these, uh, but some quality chances too. Yeah, they had some good ones for sure. I mean. Heck, Anderson was great. I mean, there's no doubt he looked like the way he looked in the regular season where, like I think I said last week, he kind of has that Dominic Kashuk thing going where he knows he's getting 40 to 50 shots a night and he has to be great, and uh, he was most of the season. He had the edge, and I do think the coaching edge was evident last night for Babcock. You pointed this out already, and uh, DJ Bean was on it pretty quick last night to give DJ some credit. Just the, the bizarre. No, we don't do that here. Okay, well, <laughs> DJ's still an emeritus member of the family. Okay. Ty Anderson stabbed us in the back, but that's fine. But <laughs> DJ, we still love. But Charo being not out there for Austin Matthews for the yeah. first six minutes exclusively, right. what happened before that? I, I didn't go back and try to match up. They just, uh, they just decided to go for the Kadri. They were worried about the Kadri matchup. They went worried with about the and McAvoy matchup. against Kadri and Nylander. Like, that was Maybe the game it's plan. more like the Nylander matchup. Maybe they were worried about him, but yeah, they decided that that uh, that they, that somebody else could handle that, and we saw uh, you know Krug and McQuaid out there after a faceoff I mean, against the Matthews a, line. That's and a boom, pretty egregious mistake burned. from Cassidy. Probably the first. Yeah, the I think he's so. Made. I think he definitely deserves some criticism for that. I think there was a lot of uh, hemming and hawing after the game. I tried to kind of touch on it a little bit as much as you can in a fifty million person scrum and post game. You know, the, the, you get a lot of this nonsense about we we trust everybody to play against everybody. Well that's a lot of you know bull because we're not calling up guys from Providence to play against Austin Matthews tomorrow. I mean this is the d- matchup d- the line, best against the best and they didn't do it. Well does Connor Brown score that goal if Chara's on the ice? Exactly he doesn't and we saw that later in the game when Chara was out there with him and that became the, the matchup the second half of the game. Uh Matthews tried to go end to end. He went through about three Bruins, gained the zone and Chara used his lose his reach and uh, forced him to the outside, and he got nothing. I think Matthews was getting frustrated by the end of that game, actually. I mean, to Babcock's credit, he sort of split up a lot of his talent all, all through yeah. the four lines, really, to made it... That's what you're supposed to do. Right. I mean, it was... It, was well, pretty... it helps, too, that only Kadri back with Plakanich playing like uh, like he deserves like like to be here. I mean, the first couple of games, he was pretty much uh, non-existent, and you, you were wondering if they were even going to keep him in the lineup. But if you look back on this game, and you think, all right, Connor Brown scored his first NHL goal. And so did John, yeah, Johnson, by the yeah. way. Andreas Johnson. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they were on new lines. And somehow he got his top star away from Zdeno Chara. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the game. Yeah, I mean, he got him away from him by, by the Bruins not going after him. I mean, that's, that was the decision early in the game. And then, you know, he starts juggling the pairs and going with Krug McAvoy for offense. And then... Uh, you know, and, and let's face it, Kevin Miller and, and Adam McQuaid didn't have the greatest game. We saw McQuaid's ice time cut way back. 
uh, in this one. So obviously, fact, Bruce Cassidy I wonder if Holden's that. in tomorrow. That, that's that's the thing. Now you got to wonder if um, you're not giving up, you're not taking a lot of penalties here. I think the Leafs they at least had one power play last night. They scored on it, of course, but they had uh, two power plays the two games in Toronto. So do you really need Adam McQuaid in there for the penalty killing as much as maybe you need Nick Holden to help move the, the puck because they're not managing the puck at all? And if you know if McAvoy's not the guy you thought he was coming into the series right now for whatever reason, yeah. Holden takes out a little more. Yeah, exactly. And for just, you. you know, you could and it gives you the versatility. I mean, obviously he's a left shot. They don't like playing the left shot on the right side, but geez, the guy's done it his a lot of his career. He's been fine. He looked pretty decent in the uh, in the regular season. Just just get him out there, even if you have to just put him with Chara. And you know, maybe you do break up the Chara McAvoy thing and on the road, and you go with uh, McAvoy Krug. Now the first goal the Brown did score. Um, you know, Krug and McQuaid are on the ice. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's all them. Yeah, they obviously the birds are online somehow didn't. Didn't get it deep. I I kind of missed that whole sequence. Yeah, they you know they, they there was a face off in the defensive zone, and then uh, I didn't see how the, the the puck turned over. But Adam McQuaid gave Austin Matthews a mile of a uh, gap there, and he got speed, and he got to come around, circle the net, and, and create something in front. And and Krug was nowhere to. I mean, yeah, well, that's not what you expect exactly. Krug to be doing. Is yeah, he's trying to. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't probably expect that to happen, and then he had to dive back and. He made a great great save. If uh, the puck stayed out, it would have been one of the highlights of the night. But instead, it's a uh, it's a gaff. And the second goal from Andreas Janssen, I mean, McAvoy's got yeah, it. That's the main call. Yeah, he, right? he admitted that after the game he needs to turn around and, and block that pass. And, uh, again, that's the, the these are the breakdowns that happen, you know. But, um, I mean, let's face it, I'm just, reading a, 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 I'm just reading a tweet here, a headline on Twitter. It just says, Tuka Rask, terrible game, burned the Bruins. There's only one, well, that's there's what only, I mean. There's that's only, one, there's only one player on the ice, you know. But hockey is not a game of multiple players and, and, and motion and, and different lines and different matchups. It's just it's just one man against the whole team, obviously, in some people's minds here. And so, and that's well, why it's dumb. It's, uh, to be honest, that's why it's dumb for Cassidy to say that. Yeah. Because now that's the quote that gets picked up by everybody. Right. You got the coach calling out the goaltender for right. being crap. Well, maybe he's maybe he's trying maybe because he knows Tuka can take it. Maybe he's he's trying to defer from the attention. He's not going to throw a Charlie McAvoy or a, a Matt Grizzlick or whoever on, off under the bus at this point. He wants the the veteran goalie who you know lets things blow off his shoulder all the time. I think uh, maybe that's maybe there's some head games there. Interesting. All right, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. And uh, the the other thing would be the stars for. The Bruins not finishing last night, not just the, the whole team not finishing. The th- story of games one and two was obviously the Bruins' top line was unstoppable. They had 20 right. points through two games. Yep. And then they get too cute. That's what happens every time. They get in a little of a funk, and they get, that's when they get too is, cute. Is that what you think it simplify. is? Possibly yeah, I mean, 10 shots last night? Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just shooting from everywhere at this point. And uh, the, the, the best part about them, those first two games, and I couldn't believe it because they had played so poorly the last two weeks of the season, right? Yep. Even Cassidy talked about calling people out. He was calling them out. He wasn't shying away from the fact that they, they were kind of looking forward to the playoffs. And I think um, they, get too, they get too cute, and they just try to do these fancy plays, especially Marshan. And uh, the first two games of the series was when they were dumping pucks. I even saw Pasternak, you know, dump it in the corner and, and see what you can do, and it was working. And so uh, they just got to get back to that, especially – uh, with the matchups not in their favor in Toronto, they're going to have to just simplify again, and I think they will. I mean, Patrice Bergeron doesn't let uh, that line get too off track too often, and he'll uh, he'll get that message through. You wouldn't think so, but the problem for them now is they'll go to Toronto, where Babcock has the last change, yeah. and it will be really interesting to see who matches up against that line. Yeah. Whether, uh, well, it's going to be tougher now. Plakanich or, uh, or Kadri, who's been their guy yeah. all year. I would guess if they keep Plakanich with, with Marner and Marlowe, though, that's, the, that's your shutdown line. And that frees up Kadri to go against somebody else and to be more of an offensive force, and that's what they want from him. The guy scored 32 goals, and they don't want it to just be a checking center, and uh, that's going to be a, a tough test for the Bruins, and that's where the other lines are going to have to come in too. You know, you're not, you can't 
ever lean on. I mean, to have the the production they had the first two games was un, unprecedented for a, a first line in the playoffs. You always see first lines get shut down uh, by top D pairs, and then it's the secondary scoring. So that's that's where it's going to be the difference on uh, on Monday. Well, you, if they do blow this series, I still don't think that line's going to get criticized much, even if right. they come up empty. Nah. It's gonna, you know, what's going to fall. Rick well, Nash. Well, exactly. And I'm looking <laughs> at the call, and I, I think I'm going to take Freddie right away because I can see this This is going to become an easy whipping boy yeah. for the team, even if the yep. stars don't produce. So, Freddie, you're up first. Fred from New Hampshire, who's in every Morning, week. guys. What's Morning, up, buddy? Matt. Matt Morning. I, uh, if I can address Rick Nash this morning, <laughs> if that's all you got, I'm not buying it, man. This isn't Columbus and New York where you can get by playing a shift or two. This is Boston. You don't put it on that spoke B and go through the motions. You have a chance to put your name on the Holy Grail. Smarten up. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> See, this is Freddie. Rick- well, first of all, Rick Nash did not get away with anything in New York. I'm pretty sure he Nothing wore the goat horns all of <laughs> right down to the last game of the finals that year. So this is uh, Rick Nash now. This if yeah. you expected Rick Nash yep. to dominate a series, you he were did. expecting the wrong guy. He, well, I don't know if I expected to dominate a series. I expected him to. Be more of a force, be more of a presence in front of the net, uh, power play, and uh, it's been a struggle. He's he's gotten some chances, and I hate I hate that excuse. Three times last night. Yep, exactly. He's drawn a few penalties in this series. I think that's uh, a sign that he's he's engaged. He's just not finishing, and that's that's the problem. He needs to finish. He, that was the problem in New York. He had uh, tons of chances, tons of shots on goal, just didn't have the production, and it's kind of weird to see that happen. Well, they gave up a lot for him, so he's yeah. got you know expectations on him because of that. Um, but it wasn't, you know, that outrageous in terms of what you give up at the trade deadline yeah, for a guy of his. They, they gave up a lot for him, but I mean, this we know we've been t- told this, and it keeps proving true. It's not just the Bruins bragging; they have a lot in the coffers as far as picks and, and prospects. We've seen these kids all come up and, and meet the expectations. Um, Ryan Spooner was not going to be a difference maker for this team. He didn't no, have a position they here. They did a favor by getting Spooner out of here. All right, exactly. So, in the first round pick is going to be a, a kind of low first round pick. It's not uh, a huge thing. Um, they, yeah, they gave up a lot for the this prospect. Ling- is the big thing, right? Yeah, Mark the lingering, Lindgren. lingering. He's okay. I mean, there you hear mixed reviews on him. He's not a puck mover. He's Kind of a defensive defenseman. I don't know if there's much offensive upside there, and he might be a, a at best a three or a four. So when you consider the way this team is drafted the last few years, the way this team is good at uh, attracting college free agents, you can replenish that. And uh, I'm not too worried about what they gave up. And it's a, it's you know obviously you hope game six is the difference, or you hope that if they push this pass this round that that gives Rick Nash some time to to get to get hot. I mean we've seen it so many times. Um, you know, 2011 people were ready to run Lucic out of town uh, in the playoffs, and we know how that went. So it just it's guys run hot and cold in these series. If they lose in the in the postseason, even if it's not this series, Nash and Rask are going to be the you know oh, one and one. Those yeah, guys, will be I think it's because it's the easiest to pronounce. Easy. Yeah, you know, you only have four letters, so people are just easily able to say Rask and Nash. Yeah, right. you know, they're not going to blame. They're not going to blame the hometown boy, you know, Grizzly or somebody like that. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to, of course, touch the coach. Or it's, it's going to be the goalie and Rick Nash. Or Krejci, too. Krejci's a whipping boy here. Guy leads the playoffs in scoring two years. <laughs> the two years they go to the finals, and he's a whipping boy because supposedly he doesn't try, even though we all know his his M.O. is his approach to the game. is He he looks like he's calm and cool and collected. He slows things down, and that's the way he plays. Yeah. But he's not putting people's heads through the glass. He's not, you know, everyone has to live up to that Cam Neely Mo, <laughs> you know, it always did in Lucic. It doesn't charge. And now, if you're not killing people, they say you're not trying. And now it's happening to Rick Nash too, right? He's so big, and we've seen him knock some people over and draw some penalties. But 
you know, like if he doesn't score and he doesn't kill people, he's not going to get the love here. Yeah, and people don't want to hear defensively responsible, but he's been right. pretty much that as advertised. Yeah. Have you seen him on the ice and be like uh, exactly? And you know, it's by the same token too, is game five of coming back from a concussion. I'm not going to make, you know, I guess I am making an excuse, but these things take time and you have to find your rhythm. But like I said, he's gotten some chances. He's had a stick broken. Uh, he's missed. He's missed. He's missed, and he has to get this. He has to be more accurate. That's for sure. All right, uh, let's talk game five and the loss last night, four to three, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Does Toronto have an edge, a serious edge, as you see it, heading back to game six? Where do they have uh, the Bruins reeling right now or in trouble? Let us know what you think. How about Rask? How about Nash? Who's uh, the goat horns from last night? <laughs> Are you willing to give anybody else criticism on top line? Marchand not getting back on the Bozak goal. People just want to. Put that on Tuca. Right. I mean, he got beat. He got beat to the post. There were so many broken plays, broken things that happened on that. And there's no business but that puck getting down the ice and getting kicked back. And like, it's just unbelievable that uh, they, they hung Tuca out to dry and, and he didn't he didn't pick them up there. There's no doubt. All right. So Monday night, you got a big one and possibly a game seven Wednesday. Sunday Skate presented by Star Market. Kent Laird and Matt Kalman on Twitter at Matt Kalman. We'll continue here on Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. Now back to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird and Matt Kalman, presented by Star Market on WEEI. Well, it clearly wasn't good enough. Um, you know, we let them get to the top of the paint for a couple of goals um, that we're generally pretty solid on. Um, you know, we had a two on two, couple of two on twos tonight, turned into two good, you know, very good chances happened up there. So clearly we got to address that those aren't odd man rushes that's not stretch plays that's just basic two-on-twos that we need to communicate better square up better defend better and then obviously you want to save as well mixed in in those and that didn't happen either so the stuff that we've done well lately defend get saves uh it didn't happen early on and then we found our legs eventually and fought our way back in but um the start wasn't good enough Bruce Cassidy, his opening comments last night after the Bruins' 4-3 loss to the Leafs. It was a 4-1, Matt, and the story in the Toronto Star talks about Leafs fans reminiscing to mm-hmm. five years ago when it was 4-1, and that lead was kind of wilting down last night, 4-2, 4-3. You wonder, what uh, if you're a Toronto fan, what you were thinking, but they survived, they hung on, they just sort of limped to the finish line, whatever you want to describe it, but this time it was different. Yeah, maybe they're saving the collapse for Game 7 again. You were there for Game 7 five <laughs> yep. years ago. That was unbelievable. I mean, I mean it'll never happen again in our lifetime. Yep. The but. famous, uh, gee, who's going to get fired from this one? And we know that uh, <laughs> Jacobs was storming out of the building at that point. So we know people, you know, heads were going to roll after that. Yeah. And uh, when they scored the first goal, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. They're just making it, uh, just teasing everybody. And then they, when they tied that game, I never heard that. I've never heard that building louder than that. And it just seemed like, because I think it was just such an astonished cheer from everyone like it took the oxygen out of the building you couldn't you almost couldn't breathe it was so amazing and then of course that 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 intermission between regulation and overtime, and overtime yeah. was crazy because oh. first of all everyone's singing i remember they were playing don't stop believing everyone's singing but it's like they still could have lost could oh, you imagine absolutely. they lost that game after the comeback yeah, yeah and uh you know tuka i know tuka never makes any great saves in his life but he made a great save in that uh overtime on uh, macarthur and uh, if he hadn't done that, obviously it would have been a different story. And then clearly, you know, Bergeron, 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 right? So, well, and that's a game seven. Last night would have been nowhere near as right. dramatic, but still, if the Leafs blow that game last yeah. night, that's it would four. have been pretty dramatic, dramatic for these for that team because of the expectations that, that the people have put on this team. Now yes, they start to yes. believe. You know, it's been uh, 
51 years. So uh, when they get it, when they get a four one lead in a game like that, can stave off elimination. Uh, they're going to be pretty high, and if they, especially the repeat of it, I think it might have been twice as bad. Well, Even though it wasn't Game 7. I guess the other parallel to the game is there are still a couple guys that are playing for Toronto who were yeah. in the lineup in 2013. Right. And yeah. a lot of people were saying, well, Bozak scored in Game 5 that right. year when uh-huh. they came back from down 3-1 okay. in Boston. So here we are again. They yep. went back to Toronto for right. Game 6. Do you see any parallels? I mean... I see parallels in that they didn't close them out and they didn't play their best game. I mean, I remember... It was definitely worse in 2013, the Game 5. I remember that was more of a listless... Uh, loss, um, not looking back at it specifically, but just my recollection of it. Um, and they'd had a few of those over the years uh, in those in those days. And um, but you still kind of felt like they could they could close that one out because of the way um, they had one earlier in the series, and they had done well in Toronto in that series. But um, this was at least encouraging, I guess, in that fact that they had all those scoring chances, they had all those shots. And um, definitely, yeah, I, definitely a better performance in that than that one. I would think that's the the overall theme. As a Bruins fan, you look at Toronto. You cr- dominated games one and two. They couldn't beat you without Bergeron in game four. Of course, they were going to be desperate last night. And you owned the last two periods and almost beat right. them despite a terrible yeah. first. So I don't think Bruins fans are all that nervous going back there for game six. Well, I think I they're always think. nervous, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I think a lot of them are already writing off the writing the eulogy here and getting ready for breakup day on Friday. But I think... Uh, but most Bruins fans at, think they're the better team, right? Across the board. Yeah, they should. Especially I mean, they on, definitely should. I mean, well, I shouldn't say season. especially on D. Right. Because last night there were some problems from the yeah. Bruins D. But Toronto played basically 5D last night. Right, exactly. And, you know, Ron Hainsey, I mean, I can't imagine that guy has anything left in the tank. That guy played... Pretty much every he penalty played kill, twenty six minutes last night. So how much does he really have left? That's the problem. That's the interesting too, thing too in these playoff series when you get down toward the end of them and you are so desperate and you're playing Ron Hainsey twenty six minutes and what was it eight something shorthanded? Um, yeah, nine minutes of shorthanded. Nine ice minutes time. of shorthanded ice time. That's that's taxing. Um, you wonder how much these guys haven't left in the tank. When how many times can you produce a desperate? performance like that Correct. where you're playing you're playing exactly 100% at the top of your game the whole time so that's that's you know that works in the Bruins favor that uh, the Leafs probably can't duplicate that and you know it wouldn't hurt maybe to uh, to get in Anderson's face a little bit you'd like to see a little more net front presence maybe get him a little off his game um, get him a little frustrated I think he's too comfortable in there I think the fact that the Leafs haven't had power play shows that maybe the Bruins aren't playing with the, uh, the right amount of snarl. I mean, the, the, you know, it was pretty clean games in games three and four, and the Bruins also didn't get a lot of power plays. But yeah, the only of, guy that seemed to do that last night was Backus. Yeah, exactly, and he seems to be the the conscience right now with his team. And you'd like to see that, and that goes back to what we were talking about with with Rick Nash. You'd like to see him go out there and, and bang some heads, and uh, it's, it's it's part of his game. It's supposed to be part of his game, and I think there are other guys that could do that. We've seen the fourth line do that a little bit too. I mean, when they've been out there, correct? Yeah, they might even be their best. Uh, Line they certainly were last night. Yeah, last night for sure. I mean, in fact, I was surprised to look at the final sheet and those guys only played like nine minutes. Right, they they make the most of those nine minutes every time. It's amazing. A lot of it was special teams play last night, so that skews it. But yeah, should they be playing more? I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, five five power plays, whatever in a row there that 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 break that cuts back their ice time. Then it's hard to get them out there, but. Uh, in Toronto, they're going to be huge because they're going to be out there, and you know they're going to come with Matthews against them, and uh, they've been up to that task in the past, and we'll see if they can handle it this time too. Conversely, if you're a Leafs fan, do you feel like this series has tilted and you have control headed back, even though you're down? Three I think games it's, it's, two? it's more still like this. I think we, you played the clip uh, off the air for me, the Don Cherry saying they're loosey goosey. Yes, I think Leafs fans know the team is still kind of a little loose. 
Um, at this point, at least they've shown signs of life, so they're not going to just be going off into the into the sunset with their heads hung. I think they they fought back. They got the home game they wanted, and I think they still. I think the 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 pressure does shift to teams that have to close out in these situations, and we've seen it now uh, all weekend. The, the teams, even like Bruce keeps pointing out, Bruce Cassidy he's pointing out that two Stanley Cup finalists couldn't close out with three one leads at at home, right? So uh, yeah, Pittsburgh and Nashville this, both losing. It, it, the pressure is obviously on the Bruins, and uh, I think that that plays into the least favor. They do have Kadri back now, which they didn't have in the other yeah. two games in Toronto. So that's a whole new. Di- it's a different matchup game Monday night that. Uh, the Leafs have, and I think probably if you're a Toronto fan, you do feel like you have the goaltending edge, um, although it's been... Anderson, I don't know, like last night, he had the quantity of saves. What was his best save of the night? Probably in the third period, he stopped Pasternak on one. Yep. Yeah, in my uh, in my riveting recap for NHL.com, it came, uh, that was the save of the game, was the one on Pasternak on the rebound? Is that the one yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, the right pad yeah, save. Yeah, Bergeron there. had a uh, a chance on the power play and Pasternak had it on the, and he had a, a few other good ones on Pasternak, and um, one on Krug toward the end, and one on Grizzlick in the third period. You know, he he, he was in the right positions. He he was more of like a, maybe more of a, a Tuka Rask-like performance in that he was in position, wasn't making spectacular saves, but also the Bruins kind of didn't make it as hard as they should have probably on him. They also are going to get the calls in Game 6, just yeah. naturally, based on last night. And yeah. the, I mean, the Bruins had one power play in Games 3 and 4 combined. Right. So I guess it makes sense they had six last night. But Babcock was squawking about that after yeah. the game, He'll as probably, coach if, should do. If there are calls, they'll probably get them. But we, we didn't see the many calls at all either way in the Game 3 and 4 in Toronto. So maybe they let the guys play some more. But Did you find any, like last night, of all the questionable ones, the first one on the... Um, that led to the two-man advantage. Um, yeah, well, it's just the the rule of the law now, right? It's uh, broken no, stick. Not the broken stick, okay. actually. What's the other one? that? Um, there was one where one of us have been grizzly. He grabbed him from behind or, yeah. or, or got grabbed from behind, and it was like it was kind yeah, of a that was Yeah, that was kind of a soft one. I think the one... Um, the one on Dermot, too, I didn't quite agree with that one. Although they called it holding. He didn't hold them. If they wanted to call elbowing, Behind they the had net, a chance. He, yeah. he kind of threw him down. It was more like so, a can opener type. Exactly. Of. And the puck was there, though, so it wasn't interference or anything. So, I mean. It was it was Janssen is the one I'm thinking of. Late second period, he pulled Pasternak down, just yeah. entering the zone. And uh, he put both his hands right, on him, but yeah, it was, yeah. there wasn't much there. Right. They could have probably taken them both. <laughs> I mean, I, in, in the playoffs, you don't expect them to call yeah. much. Right. That's one I just don't expect in the playoffs they would call. The stick fouls, everybody bitches about. They hate that now. The uh, just broken yeah. sticks and an automatic penalty, but that's right. the rule, so that's yeah. going to happen. It's terrible. So, so from <laughs> I don't know, if you're, if you're a Babcock, right. you, you, I don't yeah. know if you're complaining about the refs that he much, knows. except that it's just six of them. Exactly. One he game wants to make sure he calls it out and you know puts it in their head, and obviously people are going to read it, people are going to talk about it like we are, and uh, they'll probably will get uh, a little bit of advantage. At the very least, like I said, they wouldn't, they won't get any calls and it would be more evened out like it was in game three and four where both teams couldn't seem to get a power play, which, you know, there weren't any penalties, I don't think, that were being overlooked in those games. It was just uh, no. some clean games. Yep, and game four was downright boring, you got yeah. to be honest. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of separation. Right. Even the start of yesterday's game, first four minutes, first four, that's probably to, to what Toronto wanted. There was right. nothing much. It was like one-to-one and shots five minutes in. So right. they, they've kind of evened out a little bit for a lot of five-on-five play between these two teams. But started the show talking about Tuka Rask. Uh, would love to hear what you think of his culpability last night. He got pulled first time in his playoff career. 617-779-7937. Cassidy called him out after the game to a certain extent. 
1995 last pulling of a goalie in Bruins playoff history, <laughs> Blaine Locker for Craig Billington. Wow. You were there for that game against the Devils? <laughs> I was not there. Um, I was in a college dorm down the street. It's actually amazing. With all the playoff games they've played, they've never pulled. It's been that yeah. long since they've pulled well, a netminder. There was a lot of times, you know, everyone thinks of Tim Thomas 2011 being so masterful, but there were a couple of games there where other coaches would have pulled the goalie. And you think of uh, in that one game in Tampa Bay where he gave up seven and uh, didn't pull him. And, uh, you know, it's, it just hasn't been the uh, the M.O. around here. That was who Dobin's playoff debut, actually, which is uh, who speaks to that. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. There's no chance that Cassidy <laughs> loves who Dobin so much he's going to put him in for game six, right? Right? Well, I is, thought about I mean, is, that. Is anybody going to call for that? No one. Well, no one asked him that last night, and obviously it was a kind of a weird situation to do it. I believe someone will ask him that today, and are people going to call for that? Of course they are. People, they are? People, people were calling for it. I had, a tw- I had someone tweet at me that he wanted Hudoba to start last night before he even saw Tuka play. That's unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine the Stones to put Hudobin in in, that, in a game six in Toronto? <laughs> that would really, I think, more than anything, that would fire up Toronto because that would be saying, "Oh, you don't, you don't believe that you're, you know, that we're going to fight here." And then, totally, I mean, it's not that out right. of character for Cassidy, but, I guess, because he did it earlier in the year. He sort of, yeah, exactly. Rest. Regular season, you do that. You're on the West Coast. Your team's not playing well. You're sluggish. Whatever you do, that you don't do that in the playoffs, and you know. You don't let you don't want to let the team off the mat. You don't want to give them any inspiration. And let's face it, there were there were people calling for Patrice Bergeron to just sit out. If the doctors yeah, if the doctors out. clear him and the coaching staff can put him in there, you play him. You don't just sit guys out in the playoffs thinking, oh, we have a three one lead. Have have you not learned anything from history of this team? Well, but that's different though. That's a that's a concussion situation, right? We think. Oh, I don't not think, admitted where where well, whatever you, you whatever make, injury it is, the, the the medical staff makes the call there, and you don't rest. I don't rest know. The Do guy. they on a concussion? Of course. They I do. thought I was reading Bergeron talked his way back in the lineup, like they were. Oh, that's until that's game the, time that's and, the spin you always hear because Patrice Bergeron has to you know be deified that way. I'm sure they had him locked up in a room and he had to bash through the door like the Incredible Hulk to play and had to, like, throw... You know, he had to lock Bruce up to get... I, this this narrative about, about that is nonsense. The fact is the guy was ready to play and maybe he wasn't at his best last night, but once the medical staff gives him clearance, he's going to play and you don't rest anyone in the... You don't rest people in the playoffs. So sit, sit Bergeron for game six, naturally. Yeah, right, of course. That's the recipe for sure. And let's call up uh, Zaboral to play D and give Chara the <laughs> night off. And uh, let's see what Sanishin can do in the playoffs. Yeah, they mean, brought up Tommy Cross last year. That worked exactly. Out well. Let's just do it. Get Tommy Cross in there. I mean, get anyone in there. What the heck? It's a 3-2 lead. The Bruins have never blown a lead, right? So, I mean, geez, that's, that's the way it works. You know when you rest? You rest when you win Monday night's game and you don't play again until Thursday or Friday. Well, I mean, I got to think that Cassidy doesn't really feel like that game was on Rask, even though he said right. what he said. And part of the reason he pulled him was, yeah, get him out of the game for the last period and a half. We're exactly. focusing on game six. And I think also, you know, you talk about him throwing butt, Rask on the bus, but he he talked a lot about these two on twos that became goals, and that's that's huge. I mean, you can't give up goals two on twos. They aren't. Right. People talk about the stretch pass, stretch pass. The, the, the Maple Leafs aren't using the stretch pass anymore. They've they've shut that down. What's killing them is two on twos, even man rushes, five on five play in the zone. That's what's killing them right now. They're not shutting that down. All right, interesting uh, take from Jim in the car here. He's next on Sunday Skate. It's Ken Laird and Matt Kalman. Hi, Jim. Hey, guys. Good show. Um, well, I preface my comments. I'm a Cassidy guy. I like him. My favorite thing about him is when somebody plays poorly, he doesn't sugarcoat it with the press. He tells it like it is. I think we could all agree that Tuca was horrible last night. Saying that, 
I don't understand, and I, I disagree with what, what was just said regarding the stretch pass. I feel like our defensemen are getting beat constantly, and I feel like that, that's some type of a system error, and I wanted to know your thoughts on that. System error for the stretch pass. What do you think, Matt? Well, it's execution. They have, to, they have to forecheck and stop letting those passes get out. I mean, plus they have to cut these plays off at the blue line and the red line, and they're not doing that. I mean, for some reason, they're tentative out there. I mean, that, that Matthews play to lead to the Brown goal is a perfect example that Adam McQuaid needs to make the decision to, to attack Matthews, yeah, not McQuaid, to back off right, and give him right. so much room. Yeah, McQuaid got turned around. There and and we've seen that a lot. And I, you know, I think what I'm saying about the stretch pass is that we're not seeing the two on ones and the and the that we were seeing. You did in game three, in right? Exactly, and they they solved that. And now the issue is in the zone, not shutting things down. You know, maybe the shots aren't great at chances, but when they're chances, it's the playoffs. There's there's bodies in front. There's guys doing everything they can to score, and there's going to be bounces. You just can't. They're playing with fire that way. And we didn't see it as much last night, the second half when they when they started to turn it up, but. That's what's really killing them right now. All right, good. The Raskaters are waking up. Chris and Plankville oh, joins us next on Sunday Skate. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. Uh, with Tuca, right, his ability, no one can question. Obviously, he's a, he's a very, very talented goalie. It's, it's, it's about his general lack or his general acceptance of what's going on, the burn. Whatever you need to have, uh, he sees things happen, and also he's like, yeah, well, we'll get him next time. I mean, for some reason, there's just acceptance to what's happening instead of, like, you know, trying to make it. Hey, you could watch Hudobin out there, and he was going to do anything he could to keep the puck out of them. And I know he's not as talented as Tuca, but Tuca goes in, and he's like, ah, shucks, guys, you know, let's go get him next time. <laughs> you want, like, a Ron you know? Hextall chasing somebody oh around the ice. Oh, well, I... you don't have to be nuts, but at the same time, you, you can't just sit there. Yeah. And seemingly accept the right. general malaise that he has. <laughs> with, with, all, with all due respect, malaise I, mean, I like that take from Chris. I hate to ever question anyone's, you know, determination or whatever you want to call it at this it's at this level. I think the fact that he's not throwing the milk crate like he did in Providence all those years yeah. ago Ups- is not a sign care. of him not caring. I think you're really kind of the fact is that he's not he doesn't have to play like Hudobin. He knows how to get in position. He knows how to be calm in the net. You don't. In fact, Hudobin's play probably sometimes fires up the opposition because they think they have the goalie scrambling. He's always and uh, you know this whole idea that he wants to just you know get get him next game. Well, that's the attitude you want, isn't that the attitude that wins Super Bowls in this town? Everyone looks forward to the next game. They don't look back, isn't that what we uh, want? People like here? the fire of Brady. You know so, what I mean? They want that guy that's crazy on the field between they want the between crazy the lines. on the field I, I, what are you talking about all they do is criticize him all year for that didn't they no, i mean they you don't didn't. want him you don't want him throwing his teammates on uh, he wanted to fire up but you don't want him to throw his teammates under the bus what do you he he said he stunk he said he could stop more pucks with his eyes closed i don't think he's joking there he know he say he's saying he's terrible he he's, is pat, he is calm though he's he's right. zen these that's days. just that's just his personality it's always been his personality i mean yeah we've seen him have nutties on the ice sometimes Falling on his rear end after the shootout loss or throwing the milk crate like I did all those yep. years back. But for the most part, he's a laid back dude and he's a regular guy. That's the that's the key to him. He's one of the guys. You don't have this crazy you want that goalie. From a goaltender? I think you want a goaltender to be a little nuts. I want that from a goaltender because if he's if he's elite enough to be a top five goalie in the league, I don't care what he does. Would Tim Thomas have like attacked Cassidy after the game <laughs> if he got pulled last night? No, that's I don't even know what Tim Thomas would do. I think he would uh post something on Facebook. Andy in New Hampshire's next on Sunday skate. Hi Andy. <laughs> What's going on, boys? 
Hey, uh, I'm worried about this precedent that was set last night with the face-offs by Babcock talking to the uh, referees in between periods. Oh, it was weird. Getting Bergeron to be uh, kicked out there after he won a couple. I mean, uh, what was up with that? Was there <laughs> any questions about that last night at all? Yeah, there were no questions about that, and I'm as confused as anybody. I watched that. It's like uh, I don't even know how to explain what what it looks like Long out there. Long delays. It's ma- the Babcock's, man. It's the Babcock well, effect. I, Go ahead. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they were kicking him out because – he wasn't getting a stick all the way down, and that's what Babcock was talking about because Bergeron likes to chop you. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if, you're not, if you're not cheating, you're not forward. trying, and that's Patrice's uh, motto, and that's what uh, has won him all these selkies, and I think he'll probably make the adjustments in game six the right way, and I think maybe it's up to Bruce Cassidy to kind of talk about uh, the Toronto guys too. Of course, it would also help if David Krejci ever won a big face-off, but he's uh, been getting well, beat sometimes. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't bring up the elephant in the room. <laughs> hey, uh, Rask, you, you know... This is the way the guy has been since he's been here. I mean, he had an amazing game the other night. I mean, he stole one in Toronto. There's no doubt about it. You're not going to come into an elimination game and not get the other team's, you know, just right. complete game. And, uh, you know, goals three and four, I, I, I lay on him. He has to turn the momentum there. He has to maintain the momentum. Giving up that third goal was absolutely brutal. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, I don't care if the guy's relaxed or psycho or whatever. <laughs> you got to make that safe. Yeah, yeah and you know what, too? Uh, you made me think of this now. I mean, Cassidy's, you know, complaining about that goal, the Bozak goal. Yeah. Then why didn't you pull him there? Yeah, that's a good point because the fourth goal was obviously not his fault. Exactly. If, you're, if like you're that offended it. by that goal, pull him there. If you want to fire up the team, why wait till you're down three goals when you can do it when you're down two and you have a chance? I mean, uh, and when they did pull the goalie, it, it had an effect. It switched. It did change the momentum yeah, of the game. Whatever you want absolutely. to say. Absolutely. I mean, that's. I think that's one of the things with Tuca with this personality that you guys hate so much. But he's one of the guys, and I think they really do like him and they really do care for him. And when they see him pull, I think it's like if a player gets injured or a, 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 a skater makes a mistake, uh, that definitely does fire them oh, up. That's more. a good point. So two errors from Cassidy. Why Chara was not out against Matthews in the first six minutes of the game. And why he didn't? If you're going to pull Rask, pull him after goal three, yeah. not goal it four. It feels good to finally be criticizing the coach again. Come Guy's on, been on a honeymoon for all this time. Jeez. Jeez, Cassidy sucks. I'll say it right now. <laughs> all right, final thoughts on Sunday skate. We're presented by Star Market. Matt Calvin is here, Bruins writer of great repute. Find him on Twitter at Matt Calvin. I'm Ken Laird. We we'll back right for this. Now back to Sunday skate with Ken Laird and Matt Calvin, presented by Star Market on Weei. All right, final moments of Sunday Skate presented by Star Market. We just got chastised by Steve Buckley during the break <laughs> because we didn't legitimately discuss yeah. whether or not Hudobin will start Game 6 or should start Game 6. I think the controversy between Hudobin and Zane McIntyre, that's what, that's what like it comes Mac- down to, I think, right? Yeah. No. Tuka Rask starts Game 6. I was six. thinking Malcolm Subban myself. Is he still in the organization? <laughs> He's going to win the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights, by the way. But uh, Tuka Rask starts Game 6. Tukaras plays his best game of the series, even better than Game Four. Doesn't mean they win the game. It means he plays really well. Maybe. Do, do they win the game? It's your prediction. Your game six. I don't. At this point, considering the way we were celebrating last week after two, I am not going to make a game prediction. But I will tell you oh, that if the on. Bruins do not tighten up defensively, if they do not go out there and play the system that our call criticized, but their system is fine. The system's just not being executed properly. They are going to be in trouble because they're going to give up these zone time and this possession that is killing them. I mean, they, you can't have these breakdowns. You need to cut these plays off. They have more speed than the Bruins, and at some point, at some points, they have 
more high-end talent, and they need to shut these things down. The change I think Cassidy could make is pulling McAvoy off Chara's pair. Yeah, that might that might end up being the switch that in on the road. Happen. You might see a Chara, especially like we said, if Holden is in there, yep. you might want to protect Holden with Chara. But, you know, Chara Miller, Chara McQuaid, and then Krug and McAvoy, that, uh, that could be a thing. I got the Bruins 3-2 in Game 6. McAvoy's redemption game. He's going to score the game winner. So look wow. for that. And uh, Hudobin will start. I'm going to go on a limb. He's going <laughs> to put him in. For who? The Bruins or, or some team in Kazakhstan? Should Hudobin start? Steve Buckley takes your calls for the <laughs> entire first hour of Buck and Volani coming up next. 617-779-7937. I think they'll be talking a little bit about that no-hitter, too, and some of those controversial calls. Buck is fired up. Sort of. <laughs> um, see if he puts the feet up on the desk in hour one. Good stuff, Maddie. We'll talk to you next Sunday regardless. I think we'll be uh, talking about Bruins and Lightning, or we could be putting a bow in the season. We'll see. That's uh, next Sunday at 8 a.m. on Sunday Skate. Check out Matt on Twitter, at Matt Kalman. I'm Ken Laird. See you.